Welcome to Chuck's. Uh, we were just talking about um, how how are we going to talk about anything other than the Browns because um, it is it is the black cloud just, that is it's on our blocking minds. out the sun of our it's, lives. It's on our minds. It's in, it's in front of us all the time. You know what was you know another thing happened that has happened a lot Sunday. That was the and it wasn't just the Steelers game. There's another game I was thinking of the first Steelers game that that. That oh that the feeling after that win and the day after felt like a loss. I know, like the Cincinnati game, the first Steelers game. There's another. There was another win we had. Where it was like that didn't feel like a win. I mean, I don't, it wasn't the it wasn't the Dolphins, it wasn't the Jets, but it was a win that we had. That it was just like because something happened after the game or something. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, we uh we're we're kind of we're kind of stuck with with Browns on our minds. Unfortunately, for those of you that don't. Yeah, and I will say this. I think it's part of the Cleveland archetype is the negativity. You know, I'm old enough to remember that part of what drove Bill Belichick away was the just negativity of them not fulfilling the expectations that everybody had for that 95 team in particular. Mm. You know, the 95 team had high expectations. Which is why it makes their coaching search even harder. It does. Because you're you're overcoming an archetype, and that is that built-in entity of negativity. You know, no matter if the Browns win or not, on Cleveland Sports Radio, Mondays are Browns Therapy Day. Mm-hmm. So you're building in negativity. And I, I, I will say this. Uh, my baseline is we have a team. I, I mean, in my 30s. I lost my team, and I can't still can't believe it happened. There's a part of me that it is truly like the Packers or the Steelers or the Bears moving out of Chicago, Green Bay, and Pittsburgh. It's just I still can't believe that happened. Mm-hmm. And so I go from there, and then I go to two years ago we were zero and sixteen. I'll take six and seven any day. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, I don't like this team. This is the first team in in my lifetime I don't like. A lot of you know, mm-hmm. they're not likable. Yeah, they're with this morning on the fan. They were talking about, do you hate the war? You hate the Warriors more, the 2016 to 18 Warriors more, or do you hate the Ravens more for what they're doing right now with Lamar Jackson? Do you envy Gosh, more? You gotta like and respect the, the Ravens. You, yeah, so most much. people were. Oh, I hate the it's Warriors. It's such a, a bummer how much I respect and love, it, 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 and love exactly. Lamar Jackson. And I and I and I and I detest the. The fact that the Ravens yeah. have been successful because that should be the Browns, mm-hmm. but I don't think it would have happened if all, you take take Ray Lewis and take all those guys. I'm not sure what happened. There's such a negative entity around Cleveland. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it is it perpetuates itself, and I'm not sure what happened. But but they, they were asking that question today, and most people were oh no respect the Ravens, respect Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. But the Browns, you know, the, somebody said this, on, this is why I wanted to bring this up. Somebody said this, said the Browns are the brashness of the Warriors without winning. Mm-hmm. So you think about how brash, you know, Steph Curry doing the body wiggle and, you know, all, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, they won. <laughs> Browns, they have brash people that are just, but they're not delivering. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's I, you know, it's funny. I, it, it's uh first time that I... I mean, again, you're ashamed to wear the colors of your team when you're 0-16 and all that. But I still, you know, I still, I was, they were the lovable losers then. Now yeah. they're the loathable losers. Mm-hmm. There's just so many things about them that are, they're just, ugh. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and there's it's clearly a lot of dysfunction. There's yeah. clearly a lot of dysfunction. So. It's only a couple pieces, I think, though, away. And we've always, but that's all we've it always, takes. We've always that's said all that, it takes. You know, if you take off Odell, if you take off, you know, a guy like that, that's, you know, because you got like guys, especially when they're on their team, like Jarvis and Baker, that you just love. Schobert, you just mm-hmm. love. Uh, Mac Wilson, you love. Mm-hmm. Garrett, you love. I mean, how can you, how can you not like him as yeah. a. Um, you have so many guys that you Chubb, my gosh, uh, the way Hunt has turned himself around. That's true. So if you if you exchange like the, so, if you exchange the soft players like Njoku, and you exchange the the arrogant players like Odell, I mean it's really only a couple things, and you get someone that that is like minded that that wants to start a fight every Sunday like Jarvis and Baker. I get a coach like that, like Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. I think you all of a sudden you, it's not that far away. They, 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 don't, they don't seem to. They just those personalities are so dominating the the behavior of just you know milking an injury so long like um, some players have done in the Browns past and and then obviously um, a polarizing personality like Odell that just overshadows the whole you know it does and I I, mean, I said this last spring so the reason I didn't want them to get Odell well I think he's a good guy in many ways I mean I do mm-hmm. I think he's clearly a good teammate but I thought. The problem is it'll hinder Baker's leadership development because Odell's personality will be the dominant. It's a lot like LeBron. It is very. It's very like similar it's to a miracle the Cavs he, ever won. He eclipses anything. everything else. Mm-hmm. He blocks. He, out. He's such a talent that you got to mm-hmm. take him. It's very. Similar. I mean, you have you have to. He's but dramatic. Gosh, and it comes with a cost. And, it does. And the Browns have seen that. Um, you saw that and one if video you win, you're fine with it, right? So yeah. the Cavs, we put up. I mean, even we got sick of LeBron's drama queen mm-hmm. stuff. But you put up because you're winning. I mean, mm-hmm. You're doing that and you're losing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's a little heat on Baker because now, you know, he, this throwing the medical staff under the bus. They'll put up with that when you're winning. But when you're losing and, and you're the lowest rated quarterback in the league, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not very good. He's, he's, he hasn't been very good for whatever reasons. It may not all be – I, I certainly believe it's not all his fault. But What does Saban and Bilicek say on their art of coaching thing? Bad coaches make good players bad. Yeah. That's a little bit what's, what's yeah. happening. You made me think of that. The uh, I haven't watched it yet. I don't know if you've watched it. I haven't watched I it. I just saw no. the quote and someone um, within the Browns Twitter sphere had had pointed that at, at – uh, There's truth to that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's that. What else is going on? So you just finished up a semester of school. And uh, so how does that feel? Jury's still out and if I passed or not. So well, still, living, still living with that stress. Um, yeah. Boy, I don't miss that. I remember when you were in school, people would say, boy, you're going to miss school someday. Enjoy it. I'm mm-hmm. still waiting for that day to come. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just have never missed school. As someone who likes to read and study. I just never missed that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, I might have mentioned it to you. I think the way that really, and at least, I don't know, either the, the grad level, um, the way they, they, they prepare you in seminary for ministry is not at all with the content um, that you're producing or learning or hearing, reading. It's with the pressure of producing material. Um, substantial material before the weekend and then getting one day off and then doing it again and doing it again and, and, and just living with that constant pressure of I don't have anything to say but I got to say something. Yeah, And it's not go. to the level of, of, of I will you know, say do, this. doing That's it on a weekend. That's been my life the last 34 years. Um, but you know, I, you know, just having not, you know, having one weekend since summer of not, you know, doing that, um, 
it's not as it just it's just it's just a step towards indoctrinating you to, into that lifestyle of you just you know yeah. it doesn't matter if you have anything to say or not it's Saturday so That's you right. should probably say something. For years I lived with that. Oh my gosh, this is the week I'm going to have nothing to say. And there's always that found <laughs> there's that, that fraudness too that comes with that because so much of what drives you to say something and come up with something to say is just because you have to. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I would get a good grade back, um, I was just so shocked because like <laughs> I only I just kind of BS you know yeah. if they only knew how but much I was just. But it draws out of your well, is yeah, what it does. Yeah. It draws out of your well. And, I haven't been found out yet, you know. Yeah, the feeling. And you know the neat thing is, as I say today, as a communicator, it is it, you have to be so on the top of your game now. I mean, it is mm-hmm. the, the demands of communication are so high. Um, but you also, on the other side of that, have unbelievable access to information and tools. So mm-hmm. if you put the work in and you're creative, there's, a, there's, there's just a, a plethora, an endless pool of resources to draw from. I can be preaching about excellence. And oh, by the way, AT&T has this commercial out right now. Just okay is not okay. Oh my gosh! I mean, I mean, it, make, it kind of it kind of makes me look creative. Well, all I'm doing is just accessing what's there. They they made these creative commercials about a doctor walking into a room where the guy's going to have surgery, and he said, "Yeah, I just got took off suspension, you know, taken mm-hmm. off suspension." But but you know, theologically, gosh, the the material. But you better be working hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you better be preparing yourself. And it, it uh, let's talk about that because, you know, it's part of the reason I told you when we started Chuck, I said, the reason I want you to pick the topic out is I want you to get used to, <laughs> okay, what are we going to talk about today? Because mm-hmm. the seven days comes around with amazing frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, the, the thing about ministry is I don't know what other professions are, but you have to have a grasp of philosophy, politics, business, mm-hmm. psychology, relate, everything. And that's all upon the foundation of I trust you because you have a theological authority, a scriptural authority. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people say, you know, why would you ever even want to think about stopping what you're doing because you're still so young, you know? Bob Russell said it when he retired in 2006, and Bob's 18 years older than I am. He said, I've never heard a mega pastor say, I miss the pressure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, you know, I really miss that pressure of every week coming up with something fresh and and new, and uh, uh, I I won't miss that. Mm -hmm. I I will not. I'll, I'll always be a studier and a learner. That's just who I am. When I'm done... (laughs) <laughs> I will not miss the pressure of mm-hmm. pretty much every week coming up with fresh stuff. And, um, you know, I, I can, I, it's funny because a, a few years ago, I think I told you this, I had a guy who was a longtime South Brooker. He left and he came back and he was talking about how good I am now. He goes, I left when, this was years ago, he said, you preached a message and it was just terrible. <laughs> And, and it's funny because I've never had someone tell me that. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, because I, there's never been a message I haven't worked hard on, even if the work was I'm getting this largely from the idea of a book or someone's already written. And, you know, so it's not even those that are not largely my own creative generation. Mm-hmm. I've ne- I, 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 I can say 
I can stand before God and say, I've put for that week, what that week demanded, the best lamb I could. So I never had someone tell me. In my mind, I've never preached a bad sermon Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. To have someone say, it was awful. It just so rocked me because in my mind, I've never done that. But, you know, that's what you live with Mm -hmm. is... Now people tell me, oh, that was a great message. Well, I know that was because it was an emotional message. Mm-hmm. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. People usually qualify a message the same way we preachers do. Did we make them laugh and did we make them cry? And that's oh, that was a great message. Well, mm-hmm. it hit your need at that time. And I may have hit Rob that day at a time that that content just didn't connect with him. And certainly I maybe, you know, I, yeah, I was, I was off or what have you, but, uh, no, I'm not, I'll say this. I used to think it was me, but I remember I've had people like Bob Russell tell me, no, the, the expectations real. So it's really neat to mm-hmm. hear you say that about school, mm-hmm. that you can observe that one of the values of this, it's, it's, it's just like learning geometry. It's not that you're going to use geometry all your life. It's the discipline of making your mind think that way, mm-hmm. right? It's the process, and uh, that's really cool to hear that because, you know, the theology, you can get that. You're, you're going to be a lifelong theologian. Mm-hmm. The every seven-day cycle, that's a different deal, mm-hmm. which, you know, we talk about football a lot. That's part of the, the grind of football is whew, you you got to recover. And you got to cover in time to prepare, and then you got to execute, and then you got to recover, and then you got to recover in time to prepare. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a delicate, delicate, delicate balance. Mm-hmm. And I told you, you know, if I if I didn't have to lead the church, I'd be a much better communicator too, because there's only so much of the pie mm-hmm. to slice up. I I I'm behind on my goal of memorizing completely the New Testament, and there's one reason. It's not because I'm lazy, because I'm in the scriptures all the time. It's it's man. I I got to spend time leading. I got to spend time reading about leadership. I got to spend time educating myself on leadership. It's mm-hmm. that never stops. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I've ever led a church in the year 2019. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a rookie every year, and uh, mm-hmm. so you got a year behind you. Now you're having a little bit of Sabbath time around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um. Now what? So so you're in you're in recovery time to some extent. Are you taking advantage of that? Are you taking a break from heavy reading? And- um, I mean, I got a stack of books of, of myself that I'm, I've got a, for a Christmas break that I want to read and get done. Um, I mean, I was trying to f- read half a book last night during Gunner's Karate um, about. Uh, well, I don't even want to get into what it's about. Um, but no, uh, pray tell. I mean, we really do want to know. Is it? It's uh, the eschatological implications of the Deuterocanonical theory. I mean, is it Michael Heiser <laughs> is a uh, doctorate of uh, of uh, the, I think his doctorate's in um, Hebrew, Hebrew language. But he wrote a, uh, a great book. Um, I wish it's a little bit. It's not quite what I would like it to be, but it's still adequate um, and useful. It's called The Unseen Realm. And so it particularly looks at um, the – it's all built around Psalm 82 that um, the Elohim 
is used, the IM in, in the Hebrew is, is plural, can be used for plural and singular. And so in Psalm 82, the God judges the gods. And there are many other instances in the scriptures that we have overlooked that the singular, because of the um, the definitive article, the, is used, and then the plural, and then it's gone, and the plural Elohim is used. And there's many points in scripture that talks about the assembly of God, um, all the gods that are in the earth, all the gods that are worshipped by the pagans, that are gods and that are real, you know, spiritual beings and entities. That, mm-hmm. and so it gets into the Satan and the demonic authorities. The Satan and, and Job is not um, his argument is, and that I would agree with is, is not at all the devil. It is merely the um, uh, the ancient nature of that book is that it, he, he is the the Satan is the accuser, the prosecutor. He is the prosecuting attorney of God. So he was looking throughout the earth and he comes within the assembly of God, the sons of God, which are higher in the hierarchy than the angels. Um, and he is scouting the earth and to find who is not doing a good job, <laughs> essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so anyway, the whole book's about just um, uh, under, having a broader understanding of, and, and from a, from a uh, ancient Jewish perspective, I mean, these were, these were things that were completely acceptable to, um, ancient Jews that there is not one God there is the most high God and a creator God an almighty God an ancient of days God that judges and rules over all the other gods that we see in Daniel 1-6 through six. and um, we see um, evil uh, spirits saying Jesus son of most high God I mean they acknowledge him you are you are from um, apocryphal texts that state mm. um, this, the uh, Azazel and the Samazia that uh, they're afraid of the particular sons of God that are in direct relation to the Ancient of Days, which is Michael and Raphael and Gabriel, mm-hmm. and that they can go make much, as much muck and mischief as they want within the earth and with these general Adam and Eves and deceiving them and manipulating them, but they are always wary when Michael and Raphael and Gabriel come around because they are... Um, higher on the chain of command. So that's one book I'm reading, and then that's um, so cool. I'd like to read real quick Story on of the gods. That, real quick on that. The 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 neat thing that you know, Frank Peretti years ago. If people want to read some interesting fiction hmm. on that hierarchy mm-hmm. of the demonic and angelic realities, the gods mm-hmm. is um, piercing the darkness. Yeah. What's the other one? This present darkness. This present darkness is one the first one. The oath. Piercing the darkness is the second one, mm-hmm. and it's pretty cool how he shows the hierarchy of the angelic reality, the mm-hmm. the demonic reality, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's quite literalism of the Prince of Persia concept from Daniel eleven twelve mm-hmm. thirteen, mm-hmm. nine ten eleven twelve thirteen, and uh, it's pretty cool though. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's a fictional. If you want something that will increase your prayer life, mm-hmm. uh, but it, but it's not meant to be taken literally. Mm-hmm. But it'll increase your prayer life. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember when I was reading it, and you see this representation of Michael and of Gabriel mm-hmm. and the power, and and then there's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so you get he does a great job of setting up the power. Mm-hmm. Of the angelic superiors in authority, mm-hmm. and then there's the spirit who so they just because he, he he gives you scale really yeah. almost contrast so that you can really understand mm-hmm. the power of the Holy Spirit and 
But anyhow, good stuff. That's a fictional treatment of yeah. that concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this it's classic uh, twenty five years ago. So this book is you know it's one I write. I was wanting to get through, and and it's and it's it's um and, I, and there's a lot of so these books that just uh, I want to read and um, get through because they they supply so much of um, just where they're a launch pad for within where I write from. I mean. Um, yeah, so I have I have another um, Resurrection of the Son of God, which is part three of N.T. Wright's Christian Origins and mm-hmm. the Question of God series, and then um, another one, History and Eschatology of his, the Gifford Lectures and Destroyer of the Gods or Leo Hurtado that we've talked about on here. Yeah, I'm reading that right um, now. So there's some I just want to get through, um, and uh, a couple that I need. Uh, the Care of Souls is one on pastoring. Uh, it's really popular so, this year. So you're in that. So I think you know my life's built into preparation, execution, reparation. You know that's how I see it. You're mm-hmm. you're preparing, you're then executing, and then you're recovering. So which one of those three, in terms of your development as a leader, are you most focusing on working right now as we sit here December 11th is when this recording is happening so are you are you like I'm really this is teaching me on preparation this is teaching me on execution or this is teaching me on the the importance of the reparation process the repair of you know your body your mind and everything so are you mm-hmm. in recovery right now uh to uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think there's there's relief from just as we've said, just that 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 bit of being indoctrinated to producing every weekend. Um, there's not the delivery aspect outside of that producing, but um, well, the, the well the, the part is that's, the, that's, the actual that's the humbling thing of, of seminary is you know you you slave over this. You know, yeah. you spend two days writing footnotes and and then they grade it and you, it's gone forever yeah. and no one else ever reads it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And it's and no one but if it's no any consolation to you nobody remembers what you preach on either. So. <laughs> it's true. But at least there you have I mean, a you, know, the, you have a recording you have a couple forever. you have a couple shots at it. Um this one I just sent to some, you know, professor you know this that and yeah. the other and then it's gone forever. But gone. um uh so I I don't think I'm in um no, I don't I don't think um I just I see I see my life where it is now and where it is going as just a scale to to um, to high intensity and and whatnot. So it's mostly in preparation and executing um, academic like precision with yeah. pastoral like posture yeah. is kind of the the mode that I always try to operate in. And um, so I guess there's execution of, of academic precision and. Um, not being an academic at all, uh, just kind of completely faking that <laughs> and, and, and getting and, and getting by without them finding me. I don't out. know if I'd say that or not. Um, I think you're pretty academic. But I, I think there's always a there's always <laughs> anyone a, who's talked to you for five minutes would say, "Well, those wells run deep." There's always a there's always a fear of just not you know, um, knowing what to 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 how to think through something, and so um, treating this break as a time to catch up on a lot of work mm-hmm. that that I myself was doing prior to school and um, trying to get in with the midst of school when I could, you know, these other books to read. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to, um, that imagery of having a Rolodex of scripture in my mind would be a lot more handy than having to sort through my library and find a commentary on something yeah. when I need yeah. to think about it. So yeah. just kind of contributing to that, 
account and that bank over this this month of just uh, getting some more reading in and um, and and moving further along. So yeah, when I when I can, you know, like I, I'm speaking to the women's ministry in June and or in July and. Uh, and it's, it's and there's not really anything prepared for that because there's a lot of stuff I was already thinking of and, and th- reading about. No, we'll, we'll prepare for it, but next um, July, this this June or uh, January. Sorry, I was going to say yeah. you're 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 preparing for. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. impressive. No, it's, man. it's the first couple of weeks of G- January. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, um, yeah. But it's just something. Like, it was already a book I already read on cultural engagement and um, gender issue and um, you know just all that kind of stuff and. Um. You know, I'd, I'd, got, I'd, just, I'd done this long thing in Ephesians. Uh, um, and so, I don't know. that that. So I, I, I feel, so because so, things come up, as you know, when you're, when, you're, when you're pastoring, things come up, and you don't have time to prepare for them then once they come up. you gotta, you got to have so, the well already filled up. So, you know, when things like this come up, it's, okay, well, yeah, I, I've, and, and that, that wasn't as a result of school either. That was just, you know, me just being, making the most of my time and, um, just reading as much as I can and 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 covering yeah. those areas. Yeah. So yeah. Well, listen, I mean, listeners, look at your life today through that. Pro- I think it's not in. It's not the life cycle is different for each of us based on our professions and our and our what we're, our commitments are. But there has to be for for there to be maximum healthy productivity that is that is sustainable there has to be this constant vigilance to proper preparation mm-hmm. the effective execution and then necessity of recovery mm-hmm. um, and and i think for a lot of people who are achiever types the what often for me years what got left in the dust was the is the necessity of recovery you as a marathon as a runner Mm-hmm. You you obviously have been now tuned into that physically, the necessity of letting your cellular regeneration take place. And the same thing's true with any type of leadership capacity. I you, think you're going to the, the – some people know of it, the pendulum the shape we do, the mm-hmm, half circle, the, mm-hmm. the resting, abiding, and bearing fruit and all that, uh, the pruning um, – you know that's that that's, that's something that's taught over a season, but that's also or implemented over a season of one's right. one's life, a year of one's life. You know what season are you in? Um, I found that tool most useful for a day, though. You know, having yeah. that having that set out for your day. So you know, my my mornings are really restorative, I, and I try to really keep them sacred, almost to the point of you know where I can get. Um, you know, if like if if Mackenzie wakes up earlier than she normally does, that kind of throws me off. Like that, you know, because my morning is all running and it's all you know, it's in the Psalms and it's in the New Testament, wherever I am in the New Testament at that time, and it's in prayer and it's in and it's in you know understanding that rhythm of what makes a melody is not the notes you play, but the notes you don't. So in, in in activity of prayer, scripture, and then also in quietness. And so I mark out. I have all my schedule from four thirty to nine is 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 not anyone else's time and so that is with with, with, with just me and it's uh, with just me is, is, is mm. you know it's mostly just scripture and running and um so then uh, that 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 opens up the rest of my day for the preparation or for whatever you know right. executing and and then you know enjoyment at night so i think that's you know for anyone listening out there it's just really important to have that in the morning yeah. um, and it's not just to for to for it to be a a real uh like extended period of time too, not like 
you know, for anyone, um, a half an hour just doesn't always cut it. If you, you know, you need more time than that, mm-hmm. you know, it's based more, on the demand of your life. Yeah. So that, that's, 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 yeah, that's important for me. Well, again, uh, Chucksters and Chuckettes, you have the privilege of, if you listen to all this, to listen to the only podcast in America, I'm confident to say, in which Elohim and Odell Beckham Jr. were both mentioned. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty special. Yeah. That's pretty special. Until next time on Chucked, this is Charles Braxton with Austin Charles. Yeah.